have it, listeners. Thanks again for tuning in to Sin's Workshop. Hope you're all having a great day. So today we're going to be talking about The Archer at Dawn, the second novel in the Tiger at Midnight series. It continues the journey of Kunal and Isha as they continue to root around who they are or root around those dynamics that make them, as well as challenging a usurper's throne. And I have to say, um, I really do like how this novel focused on developing the relationship between Kunal and Isha. I thought it was um, very well done. You're going to have to excuse me today. My allergies are just so bad, and um, I ran out of (laughs) allergy medicine, so I have to go buy some more. but in any case, I think the author, Teodala, um, I think she did a great job with rising the tension of her narrative. And with this novel, I think I liked those character dynamics a little bit more than in the first novel. Um... And I did love them in the first novel, don't get me wrong. I just think now we're seeing these characters really kind of face who they are. I mean, they've established they're on the same side at this point, but they're still both figuring out, Kunal and Nisha, they are still both figuring out who they are in the grand scheme of things. I mean... Kunal is a shapeshifter, and that is a gift really just for nobility and royals, and he's always grown up, you know, not really knowing much of his past, not really knowing much of his history. Um, something that his, um, something that, uh, his uncle, sorry, that was in a sneeze, really kept hidden from him and forced him to forget much of his past. You know, we really understood his uncle as just this general, you know, he was a cold-hearted general. But I think a lot of what he did, he really did do believing it was the best out of all possible routes that he could possibly take. Does that make him a good person? No, but it definitely does show a gray area because he really did love his nephew enough to protect him. He wanted to protect him, which is why he kept his past a secret from him. And you can't really shame him for that. And even Isha kind of understands that. It's just like, yes, like Kunal's more angry about it than Isha. She's like, yeah, he lied to you. He pretty much erased your past. But he did it to protect you. Because Kunal's ability as a shapeshifter, it really does make him a threat to the king. So I really do think a lot of what the general did in the past um, was probably what he did to protect his nephew. But... As for Kanal and Isha, I think this little knowledge does add a lot of depth to, to their relationship and their characterization because it is also putting Isha at odds with 
the other rebels because she did keep it a secret. She is keeping secrets from them in order to protect Kunal. But she's also keeping more secrets to herself as well because she... I mean, she suffered a lot when she was a child um, during the coup because she was very close to the princess. In fact, she was there when the coup happened. She's the one who helped the princess escape and went away. But what is really kind of heartbreaking is that she was such, she was such she was at such a young age, and now she's just very bitter, very cold, very untrusting. You really do get to see her, those walls come down when she's around Kunal. They love each other, but it's more of this novel is kind of questioning, do they love each other or do they just love that the both of them highlight something from their past, like an innocence that was lost? Do, are they just in love with this idea of who they used to be versus who they are now. There's no denying that there is chemistry between the characters. There's no denying that there is romance and love between them. But considering the amount of secrets that they do keep from one another, granted it is for an in Kunal's um, defense, it is to protect her. I don't think she needed that protection. Um, and as for her, she was just doing it for herself because she wanted to enact revenge on the people who, you know, took away her innocence. So I think that that's really quite interesting for their dynamic and chemistry and further developing who they are as characters outside of one another and outside of the romance. I love personally when authors, you can have a romance in the story, but I think a lot of romances, you know, thinking back on it, I think a lot of romances tend to be very codependent um, or at least they seem that way here and their development is codependent i'm not saying that's a bad thing um it it is kind of realistic because when you love another uh, person i know i've picked up some of my husband's bad habits like um his sailor mouth i used to never curse until i met him and now i'm the one who does all the cursing and he doesn't do any cur you know you do absorb things from your partner um your life partner i i do think I just think it's important that you don't lose yourself and your individuality. And I think we do see that a lot in young adult fiction when it comes to romance. So I do like seeing that these two characters, I do like seeing that tension between them because they're not losing who they are, who they've grown up to be. They're still holding on to those aspects of their identity and it is kind of putting them at odds with one another because he's still kind of the sh a soldier and kunal is saying you know not all soldiers are bad he and just because the institution may be corrupt doesn't mean the indiv the actual individuals are corrupt you know sometimes people are just caught between a rock and a hard place but that doesn't excuse bad behavior of course and there are obviously going to be the people who are going to take advantage of their power um but i think 
Kunal's belief in a better system and Isha's just need to destroy the tyranny, I think it does put them at odds with another. And I like that tension because you're still seeing who they are as core characters. You're, you're seeing their cores. You're still seeing them develop. You're still seeing them grow outside of their romance. And you're seeing their romance hit a, you know, a few bumps in the road. I think it's realistic. I think it's relatable. And I don't think that it is far-fetched, you know? You can have the same core beliefs, but the way you approach those core beliefs and the way that you, that you want to take, bring to life those core beliefs, they aren't always going to be the same. And I think that's what puts them at odds with one another. Um, and that's what I liked about the storytelling. That's what I liked about the rising tension with their development as characters. As for the story itself, I do also agree that you know there is lots of development for the story i think the author has done a great job with continuing to blossom up this narrative she really is doing a spectacular job with the characterization she's doing a spectacular job with developing the story as a whole i mean there are so many plot twists so many turns in the story that are unpredictable they do catch the reader off guard but they also fit within the context of the story. You're just like, this is, it feels natural. That's what I'm getting at. It feels like a natural development, natural progression of the actual story itself while making sure that the core of the story is not really losing itself either. So I think that that is important when it comes to building up a story, you have to make sure that you're growing it in a way that is that seems natural to the fluidity of the story, while also ensuring that you're not losing that pace, you're not losing that momentum, you're making the story feel natural, but you're also keeping the author, the reader, sorry, you're also catching the reader off guard. And I think that's exactly what's happening here. And that is why I personally loved it. I thought it was such a well-told story. Absolutely well done. I thought it was executed in a really brilliant way to lead us into that third and final novel, The Chariot at Dusk, which I'm very looking forward to reading. So I do have to say... Um, sorry, these allergies are making it so hard to breathe and talk at the same time. <laughs> I do have to say that I do think this was a spectacular story. Um, I will give The Archer at Dawn four to five stars. Didn't quite blow me away, but I do think it was well told. I love those character dynamics. I love the characterization for the overall story. And I think it does grow in a wonderful way. Now, if you want to go ahead and support the author, please remember to check out the book from your local library if money's tight and leave a review. If money's night tight, I highly encourage you to purchase the book from your local bookseller or online book retailer. I just ask that you just do not um, purchase the book from Amazon. I know it's handy dandy to get prime shipping. Trust me, I buy everything else on Amazon, but when it comes to my books, I prefer to support 
my bookstores and local booksellers and online book retailers. So you have to wait a couple more days. I definitely think books are worth their wait, you know. And on that note, I hope you all will continue to support me by liking this podcast and sharing it with all your book-loving friends. You can also become a supporter on Anchor FM, my recording platform, for 99 cents a month. Hope you all have a great rest of your day. And as always, happy reading.